Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, (laughs) we want to continue with the series that we started last week. And the series is called Revolutionary Love 2. Revolutionary Love 2. Number 2. And what we want to do is to review just a little bit. We said that revolutionary love is a different kind of love because we used to think of love as someone meeting our needs and and, and fulfilling our desires and things like that. Uh, But Jesus came and he showed us a new way of loving. He showed us that uh, he demonstrated his love uh, uh, for us and that yet while we were sinners, he died for us. So it's a different kind of love. And what we said we wanted to do is to go out and practice that type of love. And we asked you to put it on our Facebook. Do that. Uh, Facebook page. uh, Nail it to the wall. Pin it to the wall. Throw it against the wall. Paint it on the wall. Do something on the wall uh, there. But you could also email the church. You can also... Uh, just call the church and it's best to leave it on a voicemail rather than talking to somebody because it's hard to jot down things if you're talking to someone it's hard for them to uh, write down everything but if you leave it on a voicemail we can go back and forth and get it it down and I wanted to share with you a couple of things that that, uh, some people were doing to show revolutionary love one is that they weren't doing it for revolutionary love. They were doing it because they uh, want to be a blessing to Jesus Christ, the church of the living God, his body, and his building. Um, um, Becky Powell, she was over here. Even on the Friday, it was raining real hard uh, in the evening part, part of the time, at least over in this part of the city it was. And she was trimming the bushes all on the side there. Uh, and I didn't ask her to do it, and before even we talked about revolutionary love, uh, she was over here with Brian. They were cutting the front uh, hedges and, and trimming them down so that when you come, uh, when people pass by, and so many people pull in our parking lot. I don't know, know why they pull in our parking lot, but they pull in our parking lot, and they'll sit there, they'll uh, leave their cars there and go jogging or whatever they may do. They'll do a lot of different things, but a lot of them just pull in the parking lot, turn around, and go back out. I don't know whether they think this is uh, a shortcut to the religion club. I don't know what it, they have, but they come in this, this this building. We've had so many guests to come in this building uh, because I said, well, how did you find out about Cornerstone? We passed by. And do you know that it's very important for the church to look good curbside? If you're going to sell a home, you want to have curbside appeal. You don't want things to look bad from uh, somebody passing by or somebody pulling up to the curb. So, so they were doing that. And they weren't doing it for revolutionary love, uh, really. And she didn't know I was going to say it anyway. So, uh, but that's what they were doing for revolutionary love. <coughs> that's revolutionary love. Uh, another one was that uh, I had a person to come over my house, uh, John Alzui, to, to cut my grass. And... I said, well, I didn't mean, you don't have to cut my grass. I want to cut your grass. And he cut my grass, and 
revolutionary love. I didn't ask him to do it, just revolutionary love. Uh, we've had people to do that uh, in the past. Jerry Gibson, he's cut my grass many, 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 many times. Uh, one year he cut the whole summer. I didn't have to cut my grass the whole summer. Um, just revolutionary love. How many people do that? Just come over and just cut your grass. Wouldn't that be good, Jack? Just to come over and just cut your grass. <laughs> What's that? Yay, don't have to fight the yellow jackets. You know? uh, but revolutionary love. You can do that any time, and we encourage you to make it a lifestyle because you do have people that are unable to do those type of things. You have people that elderly people in your neighborhood. Uh, you have people who uh, maybe work uh, all different types of shifts and can't hardly do it. Wouldn't it be nice sometimes they come home and their grass is cut? That would be tremendous. And that's what one of my neighbors did. He cut a lady's grass only because uh, she's a widow and, and, and he, he just cut her grass. And so I, I believe that that's revolutionary love. What do you think? Revolutionary love. So what are you doing to show revolutionary love? What are you showing to give back to others what Jesus Christ has done for us? We want to do that. And you're not doing it to receive any accolades. You're not doing it to receive any, any pat on the back or any brownie points. You're not doing it for that. You're doing it just because Jesus loved you so much he died for you then why don't we do it so for others so that they may be able to see Jesus in us and through us? That's what we want to do. Revolutionary love. Today, what we want to do, oh, and by the way, pray, pray and ask God what he wants you to do. I told you that. Uh, because it's very important uh, to be led by the Spirit in what you do. But do something. Do something. Uh, don't, don't let these eight weeks pass because we're doing it for eight weeks. Don't let eight weeks pass and you have done nothing and say, well, God didn't leave me to do anything. Come on. Everybody knows that God is leading you to show revolutionary love, to show his kind of love. We don't call it revolutionary love. He calls it just agape love. Show it. Do it. Okay? Now, today's message is entitled FaceTime. FaceTime. How do we know what FaceTime is? Okay, good, good, good. A few of you know what FaceTime is. I want to ask Jason Bundoff to come up and explain to us what FaceTime is. I didn't know what FaceTime was until someone shared it to me. Uh, and I said, oh, that's interesting. And so I, looked at, I Googled it and tried to find out some things. So Jason, explain what FaceTime is. There it's on. You think I'd figure that out by now? The um, any Apple device, whether it be an iPhone, iPod, uh, Apple computer, anything like that, they can talk to each other through a device or through a function called FaceTime, which means you can be anywhere in the world at any time. If you have service or internet, uh, one Apple device can call the other, and it doesn't use phone minutes. It's a very direct connection, uh, reliable with internet. But it's actually a face-to-face -face conversation where you actually see the person's face. 
pretty handy for kids and grandparents or if you're traveling or going overseas or whatever. It's, it's pretty nice. Carl, go ahead and call me from that computer so they can see it. What you see, what you will see on the screen is actually what's on the computer back there uh, facing. That's how they keep up with the kids. Um, other than that, my brother and brother-in-law both travel quite a bit, so we'll sometimes touch base when they're in China or Russia, you know, wherever they're traveling to. Okay. Now, I've never, I've talked to you on the phone before, but you've never asked me to, <laughs> See, I you know, you. <laughs> it's usually somebody special. That's what you. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. He's not gonna say it. He's not gonna embarrass me. But it's usually somebody special. You know, you didn't say that you when you call Chad or when you call, you know, Sam when you call uh, Virgil. Okay. No, yes, Chad is my dear friend, but I don't FaceTime him either. Because because it's uh, got to be somebody very special. But you do FaceTime Joy. Don't, don't you know what she looks like? Yeah. Why well, you got to see her face? Helps me sleep better. <laughs> okay, thank you, Jason. Let's give Jason a hand. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> you leave right down there. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Is that most people don't Skype, don't FaceTime with just anybody. They usually do it with somebody special, somebody that's close to them. Not even, you know, as close as Chad is or Jason. They don't FaceTime. They just talk. So it's very interesting and to think about God, revolutionary love. Tell me, revolutionary love is so important to God because... He loves you. He loves you passionately. He loves you intimately. He loves you thoroughly, completely. He loves you. You are very special to him. He wants face time with you because you're so special. That's what he wants. And that's a different type of love. It's revolutionary love. See, we, we, we expect people, whether it be uh, the grievers, you have grandchildren, uh, if you could Skype, do you all Skype? You don't Skype me? I thought, you, I thought we was pretty close. I do. Ha, ha, ha. I do. <laughs> I got Skype. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> See, you thought you were going to get off. No, 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 no. See, what the point I'm trying to make is that, that it takes revolutionary love to want to wanna spend time Skyping, looking at somebody's face that, that you're not that close to. I mean, you know, they're not that special. What do you want to see my face for? You know, really. So you can talk to them, and really, it's better to just text. Now you don't even have to hear their voice. <laughs> no. Really, I'm serious. So you just text people nowadays. Uh, so, but God doesn't want just text. He doesn't want just audio. He wants FaceTime. And you say, well, that's interesting, 
because I can't see his face. We could see if, if, if we have a, a phone right there, one of those uh, microphones. No, so what you call those things that's on, the, on, the, on that computer? A camera on that computer. You don't have a camera into heaven. You don't have a camera into the spirit realm. But God sees you. He, he sees you. He wants FaceTime with you, and, but you can still get FaceTime spiritually. You can get FaceTime spiritually. Because my Bible tells me when I look into the perfect law of liberty, I'm seeing Jesus. When my scripture tells me that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. If I'm looking at this Word, I am having FaceTime with Jesus because I can, I, I see Him. Uh, the Holy Spirit reveals Him. This is FaceTime. This is FaceTime. He sees me, and I see Him. FaceTime. He loves you so much that He wants you to know how much He loves you. Sure, we have. Uh, what we call head knowledge of the scripture that tells us that John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We know that. We memorized that when we were small in, in Bible uh, uh, classes. We, we, we learned that. But so what? Do you, really, do you really know that? Do you really sense that? Do you feel that? Is it, uh, is it part of your daily walk? Does it affect your walk? Does it affect your talk? Does it affect the way you respond to others? Because that's part of you. You know that you are loved. See, I believe that a lot of you are like me, is that we have a past. And a past tells us sometimes that people really don't, love us the way we love them. People have parents that don't show the love that they should be showing to their children. I mean, it's, it's all over the news. Periodically through the years, we have people who don't really show love to their parents and the parents don't show, show love to them. Matter of fact, as scriptures tell you, in, in the last days, there's going to be uh, doors against the, the, the mothers, mothers against daughters, fathers against sons, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. It's going to be people in their own household against each other. God says that. So where, is, where are we going to find this love so that we can show revolutionary love to others when we don't even have it and sense it ourselves? There are people who grew up, I, I saw a, a, a movie one time called From Homeless to Harvard. And Harvard is, is, is Ivy League University. And this homeless girl ended up in, in Harvard. It's a, it's a true story. And um, uh, she was a smart girl, but her parents were drug addicts. And she was neglected. She was abused. I mean, it was terrible. Terrible. But how would she show love? if she didn't 
grow up and feel loved. And many of us are the same way. We have things that happen to us, horrendous things that happen to us as we've been growing up. We have people who have been mistreated in their lives. How are, how are, are we going to show love to others when we haven't felt loved ourselves? When we've been used ourselves? When people that we thought were our friends, when people we thought we could depend on, they were unfaithful, forsook us, or whatever the situation might be. They're no longer in our lives. This happens all the time. Matter of fact, around 50% of, the, uh, of married couples uh, who they married somebody and they were in love at one time uh, and, and, you know, twinkle, twinkle, you know, in their eyes over this person and, and years later they divorced, right? But they have been abandoned. That love is not there. How are they going to show love? The revolutionary love. I say that God wants to change our hearts. He wants to amend our hearts. He wants to, he, he wants to, to create something new in us, not only because it's done spiritually, he wants to renew our mind to that love. That's what he wants to do. And I call it FaceTime because it's a modern technology that, that we, can, we can do. That, that's what it's called. Let's look at it in, in Psalm uh, uh, seven, uh, 27. Let's look there. Psalm 27. Let's look at verse 10 and, and, and look at a verse there. God is so good. So, so good. It says that my father, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Now, this is, a, this, is, this is a psalmist saying this. Is it true in some people's lives that their father and their mother abandoned them, forsook them? Is that true in some people's lives in this world? Absolutely. Absolutely. Someone was telling me about a, something they call a drop box or something they were calling it over in, in a foreign country or something where people can come and drop their kids off that they didn't want. Oh, yeah. Why do you think we have so many uh, orphanages? I mean, we, we, have, we have a lot of situations. Why do you think we have so many kids that are, that are, that are being uh, trafficked in, in the world because parents sell them, parents do a lot of things. It says here that my, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. We can always depend upon the Lord. Regardless of who has abandoned us, who has forsaken us, the Lord will never forsake us. Never. But he wants FaceTime with us so that he can get that to us. He has to get it over to us. We have, to, we have to know that we know that we know that God loves me. We have to know that. If you know that, when hard situations come, you won't be blaming the Lord for it. 
You won't say, you know, the Lord has forsaken me. You won't say that. He doesn't love me. Why did he let this happen to me? We won't make statements like that if we do diligent with our face time because he's going to reveal himself to us in special or special, special way. Let's look at Psalm 139. Let's go there. In Psalm 139, verse 14, let's start there. It says, I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. It sounds like someone who's done some FaceTime. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depth of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when I was yet, when as yet there was not one of them. He knows, the psalmist knows that God had his hand on him before he was even formed in the womb. Do you know that? Do you feel it? Do you, do you, do you know it? Not, not head knowledge. Oh, we, we, we read it. We see it. It's on the screen. But do we know in the depth in our hearts that, oh, he loves me. There's a song called that, isn't it? What's that? Is it, it, one of those hymns? Yes, he loves me. I don't know how it goes. I, don't know, I can't even sing it. I don't know how to tune. Well, how's that song go, Stella? You don't know that song? Is that okay? That's, 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 that's good. That's good. Stella is a psalmist. She knows a lot of songs. You, you, somebody knows what I'm talking about, don't they? <laughs> but it's a song that has in it, he loves me. Yes, he loves me. That's all I know of it. But anyway, it's, it's, and, and, but we need to know that he loves me. He loves me. Yeah. Becky, you act like you know that song. <laughs> it's, it's a, I think it's a, a, a hymn or something. And I know that. I think they sing it somewhere. I've heard it. Uh, when I was probably in church with my mother back in the Baptist church, I hear it somewhere. Yes, he loves me. Anyway, he loves me. Does he love you? Do you know that you know that he loves you? You really know he loves you? You've never made a statement, why did God let this happen to me? I can't understand why he's just doing this to me. He can do something about this. Why is he allowing this thing to happen in the world? Why is he allowing ISIS to do all this stuff? You never said anything like that. Right? Because you surely wouldn't have said anything about that if you know that you know he loves every person that's, that he created. Save a sinner. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. 
He doesn't take pleasure in the death of any person. Any person. He loves people. And he doesn't want anybody committing murder because they're in his image. It's always in the scripture. These are all these scripture things here I'm talking about. You've got to know that God loves you. He loves you. I said, wow, God. I need to know this. I need to know this. And I, need, and I, I, I want to get it over to the congregation that they have to spend face time in order to get this. This is not just, let me see, can I read the Bible in 360 days? This is not this type of FaceTime I'm talking about. The FaceTime I'm talking about is not the time that Jason calls Joy because he's out of town in Florida. I guess you were in Florida uh, two weeks ago or something. Uh, in Florida and, and say, well, I got 60 seconds to talk to her. I, 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 no, I got other things I got to do. Uh, I don't want to waste my time. And she faced down, hey, Joy, how you doing? How the kids going? Da, 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 da. Okay, I'm busy. Bye. That's not the purpose of FaceTime. The purpose of FaceTime is to see that person's face and to enjoy looking in their eyes the best you can. And they have seen your face and renewing and re- refreshing that that, that um the, the, the love relationship that you have with your kids or grandchildren or your wife, FaceTime is for you to know that this is someone that I love. This is somebody I want to spend time with. This is somebody I just don't want to hear on audio. I don't, don't want to just text them. I want to see their face. Do we want to see the face of God? Because if you don't want FaceTime, he already told us that only the pure in heart is going to see God. Anyway, I want to see him. I want to see him. FaceTime. FaceTime. That's what, that's what he's telling us. In Isaiah 49, there's a, a place there that I want you to go. Uh, let's go to Isaiah 49. I guess verse 14 will be a good place to go there. And it, I'm, I'm trying to stay right in this vein here of having face time with God to know how much we'll love in order to be able to show revolutionary love to your enemies. Show revolutionary love to those who persecute you, who say all manner of evil against you, who use you who say things that they shouldn't say about you. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. That's what Zion said. And the Lord has forgotten me. Does that sound like somebody's had some FaceTime? This is Zion now talking. Can a woman forget her nursing child? And have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget. But I will not forget you. Behold, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hand. This is what the Lord is telling Zion. Zion, you, you, you need to go 
you need to go and spend some face time with me because you don't understand how much you're loved. You just don't understand it, how much you're loved. Bring the volume down a little bit, bro. You don't understand that, how much you are loved. So the Lord tells them through the prophet, tells Zion, can a woman forget her nursing child? No. And have no compassion on the son of a womb? No, she's not. She's not. She won't have compassion on the son of a womb. But he said, even these may forget. But God says, I will not forget you because you're inscribed on the palm of my hand. I tell you, God loves you. He loves you passionately. He loves you intimately. He loves you thoroughly. You say, well, how can God love me when I know I don't do all the things that he wants me to do? I know I don't talk all the, all the time like he wants me to talk. I know I get angry sometimes. I know I do things that I shouldn't do. How can he really love me? Because he's God. God is not that way. God has a covenant. He makes one. God makes a covenant. The covenant stands. It stands. He made a covenant with Noah, Noah's sons, his son's wife, Noah's wife, and with all of creation. Everybody that breathes, every animal that breathes, every bird that have a breath of the air, he made a covenant and he said, I will never destroy the earth again by water. I make a covenant with you. And this show the sign of the covenant when you see the bow in the sky. It reminds me of my covenant I made with you. How long has it been since he told Noah that? And if it were you, if it were me, you know we'll cause it to rain and maybe flood because is the earth still, I mean, are we so holy? This earth? The people on this earth? You know, we're we, we not so holy that, that we, we don't deserve to go to Hades. We deserve it. But thank God, he loves us so much that if we give our lives to him, give our lives to Jesus Christ, he redeems us. Oh, my goodness gracious, that's love. That's love. That's revolutionary love. How much are we really loved? Let's look at Isaiah at the four, five. Let's look there and see what it says here. We're, we're, we're still trying to say what God is saying to us today. For my, for your husband is your maker. There are some people, there are some singles that want to be married. There are many singles that want to be married. There are a lot of singles all over the world that want to be married. There are, there are, there are, 
a lot of women all over the world that's been forsaken by their husband, the husband of their youth. But God says, your husband is your maker. Because you know and I know that people who've been deceived, been forsaken, been abandoned, they're hurt. They're hurt. But God says that I will be your husband, whose name is the Lord of hosts. And your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you like a wife forsaken and grieved in spirit, even like a wife of one's youth when she is rejected, says your God. God will never forsake you. If you're here today and, and, and you've been forsaken, know that God will never forsake you. If you're here today and you're single and you want to be married, but you're not married, God says, I'll be your husband until that time that I give you a husband in the flesh. I'll be your husband. Don't worry about that. Just have FaceTime with me so you know how much you're loved. When you know how much you're loved, you're not really that worried about this husband or this wife that God's going to give you at some point in your life. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to be uh, say, well, I'm so lonely. I need somebody. You are loved. You are not forsaken. You spend face time with God and you will feel it. You will feel it. I guarantee you. God loves you. He loves you. Guarantee. Guarantee. Let's look at Zechariah chapter 2. Let's go there. And follow verse 8. It says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, At the glory he has sent me against the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Ooh, my goodness gracious. Do you know you're the apple of God's eye? You're the pupil of his eye. I mean, the, the, if you get rid of the pupil, you don't see. It's special. You want to protect your eyes. He says that you're the pupil, the pupil of his eye. You're the pupil. He loves you. He loves you. Oh, how much he loves you. Well, I wish I could sing. Oh, boy. God loves you. He's telling you. He loves you. You got to know it. You got to spend face time with him. You got to spend face time with him. What can prevent us from spending face time with God? Busyness. Huh? Right? Satan doesn't want us spending face time with God. The world system doesn't want us spending face time with God. Our flesh doesn't want us spending face time with God. So what is going to cause us to spend face time with God? It would be great if we had 
somehow God has put an appetite in us so that if we didn't spend face time with him, we would get so hungry like we do when we don't have food. God has put in us a mechanism so that that you want to eat unless you're sick. You want, if you're healthy, you want to eat, don't you? You don't want to keep missing meals because he, he put it in us. Wouldn't have been great if he put, a, put it in us to, that we'll, I got to spend time with God. I haven't spent time with God. I'm hungry for God. I got to get in the face of time with God. Wouldn't that be great? But it's not that way, is it? No, it's not that way. We're going to have to discipline ourselves to do that. The only time, sometimes we, why do we brush our teeth? We don't have no hunger pains, so you got to brush your teeth. Why do, why do we brush our teeth? Because we know if we smile and you don't brush your teeth, you know what you're going to look like, right? And if it goes years, you know what's going to happen to your teeth, don't you? You're not going to have them. So it's a motivation for us to brush our teeth, isn't it? What's the motivation for us to spend face time with God? What's the motivation? I, I, I wish I had some, something I could, could, could give you that, 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 that will, you say, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. I'm motivated. Woohoo! I'm motivated. Thank you, Jesus. I'm motivated. I'll never have to not spend face time again. I don't care what comes. I don't care how busy I get. I'm going to spend face time with God because you just told me that message. I don't have it. I wish I could. I've been trying to, I've been trying to, to encourage people ever since I became a Christian. Is, this book is, is, is our life. It's our life. And what helped me was that a message I heard years, 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 years ago called the seven priorities of life. It's like water and food. It's like breathing. If you don't have your spiritual face time and in the word of God, you're going to be like the physical man going to suffer. Your spirit man going to suffer. And you're going to get smaller, weaker, and weaker, and weaker. Don't you know if you don't eat, if you don't drink, you're going to get weaker and weaker and weaker, and after a while, if you don't drink anything, you don't uh, eat anything, and do you think a year going to go by and you're still going to look healthy? No. You won't be alive, will you? Yeah. How do you think your spirit man is going to be? But you don't see your spirit man. But I'm here to tell you, your spirit man needs built up. The only thing going to build that spirit man up is the word of God, being in the presence of God, whether you're praising, whether you're praying, whether you're Reading, you got to be in the presence of God if you're gonna if you're gonna grow. FaceTime, FaceTime. I'm telling you, FaceTime. Let's skip over a little bit and go to the, a situation. Let's go to Proverbs. Do you know Proverbs chapter thirty, verse twenty-three, verse twenty-one? Do you know that? Hurting people hurt people, so they say. Hurting people hurt people. When I'm hurting, if, if sometimes somebody do something for me, do something to me, then I'll lash out and do something to them. That's hurting people hurt people. 
in verse 21, it says that under three things the earth quakes, under four it cannot bear up. Under a slave when he becomes king, and a fool when he is satisfied with food, under an unloved woman when she gets a husband. Ooh. Let's stop there. Under unloved woman when she gets a husband. If the woman is unloved and she gets a husband, what do you think going to happen in their relationship? If she's unloved, she's going to show that same unloveness to her husband because she hasn't been loved. Hurting people hurt people, they say. But an unloved woman can't show love. How is she going to show love when she hasn't been loved? She's unloved. Unloved. He's going to catch it. Oh, yeah. He's going to catch it. And if it were the opposite, uh, uh, an unloved man gets a wife, she's going to catch it. I guarantee you. There are people who can't even embrace another person with a godly hug because they don't want to be touched because of what happened to them in the past. I'm telling you that God wants to break this stuff in us so that we can show revolutionary love. This unloved woman, when she gets a husband, cannot show revolutionary love because she hasn't been loved. She has to get before God, in the presence of God, have face time with God so he can break that bondage in her life and show her that she is loved then she'll be able to show love. That's what we have to do. So the message about showing, going out and showing revolutionary love, when your pocketbook is tight, when your wallet is tight, when your checking account is tight, when your savings account doesn't exist, you cannot show revolutionary love to somebody. Who does he think I am? Pay for somebody a meal in a restaurant? Does he know that I don't even go out, eat out? If I don't go eat out, you think I'm going to pay for somebody? Do you know how much they charge to eat out? I mean, they might have gotten a, a soft drink or a glass of tea. I get water. And that, I'm going to pay for them? I know those thoughts don't cross your mind. But I'm telling you, what price did God for the salvation of your soul. And can we pay a smaller price to hopefully show somebody that they are loved? Can we? That's what I'm asking us to be to do in this thing called revolutionary love. And I I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm no different than you. We have a budget, and the budget is tight. It is tight. And when birthdays come around, my goodness gracious. 
Where are we going to get the money? They give somebody a present, the birthday's coming out. And then somebody gets married and invites you to a wedding shower or something, a baby shower. Whoo, my goodness gracious, that means I got to get a gift? Do you know how much cards, just cards, costs if you go to the grocery store and you just get a card and don't go to Hallmark, but you go to, go to just go grocery store, that 99 cent card. I mean, nothing on the little thing, 99 cent. And I got to write in it. Showing revolutionary love? You asking me to do that? Yes, because God paid a price for you. You wouldn't have one cent to eat with if it were not for God. Matter of fact, you wouldn't even be able to eat if you had a million dollars. If he didn't open your mouth and have, give you a mouth where it would accept food in a, in a system that would accept food. There are some people that can't eat. Do you know that? They're, they're being fed with a tube. If you don't believe it, go to the hospital. Yeah. We are very fortunate, aren't we? God has blessed us, hasn't he? We can show revolutionary love then if we know how much we are loved. May I have the people who's going to help with communion, please? Revolutionary. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.